working environment needs to be fun. Everything you're doing in life needs to be fun. Like if you're not having fun, don't even do it. Our black businesses, our community organizations. How do we support our own institutions? How do we support our own businesses? How do we hunker down and support ourselves? Why? Because we feel that with the black man spending $20 billion a year, not creating any job opportunities for his own kind, he's not in a moral position to point the finger to that and tell the white man that he's discriminating against him. And instead of breaking somebody down, I look at what they do great and I go, wow. Haters will sit there and go, what are they doing wrong? People that love and really want great for themselves go, what are they doing right? What's good? Welcome to another episode of This Black is Lit. I'm your host, Town, here on location at the University of Arkansas. And today I'm joined by the brilliantly black and talented Dr. Barbara Lawson. Here. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. Glad to be here. Okay, so Dr. Lawson, tell me where you're from and how did you end up here in Northwest Arkansas? Okay, so I am from the metropolis of Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> uh, I attended uh, Jackson State University, left there, went to uh, University of Iowa for my graduate work, and while I was at the University of Iowa, I got contacted for a position in Grambling. Uh, took that position as a faculty member at Grambling. Got my doctorate at Grambling and decided uh, I needed to move on. But while I was at Grambling, the area I chose to study was called developmental education. And underrepresented groups were a part of that umbrella in which you could choose to study. So I chose to study uh, underrepresented groups. Uh, got worked on a grant uh, for the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. Uh, the grant led me to be hired at the University of Pine Bluff. And one little unknown fact is while I was at Pine Bluff, UAPB, I had an opportunity to work with the incarcerated. Really? Yes. And uh, left there because my husband had, was offered a job at the University of Arkansas Fayetteville. And at the time I applied, the University of Arkansas Fayetteville, Sam and Baldwin College Business, the job that I currently hold, Director of Diversity Inclusion, was the only job that was open. Um, so uh, how was your experience uh, both uh, at, at historically that college as a student, but also as a uh, as an employee and also working with uh, incarcerated individuals in Palm Bluff, how has that kind of shaped your passion for underrepresented people? So, uh, man, HBCUs. The one thing that I love more than anything else is the passion for history. And you saw that through how we advocated for students and we taught students. Uh, we try not to let too many students fall through the cracks. Right. Uh, you saw it. You saw it through. Uh, things like the band and the choir and plays and dance. I mean, an HBCU, Historical Black College University, is all about maintaining tradition. Mm -hmm. But it's also about helping students to identify their strengths and correct their weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So when I decided to take on, I took on working in, in, uh, in the penal system because I needed some extra money. Mm -hmm. And I was at UAPB. But once I got there and I discovered my classes were all black, mm -hmm. And these were people who had not committed felonies. They were, they were felonies, but they were not the uh, um, aggressive kinds of felonies. Like that they violent had. felonies. Violent felonies. Mm -hmm. So I took an interest in those young men. And my first group was actually women. And I didn't realize there were as many minority women that were incarcerated. It's, it's a large number. And it's for, they're incarcerated for reasons for trying to hold their family together. So they would do things like you know, sell drugs, uh, do petty theft, prostitution, and they got caught in the, uh, the, the system because if you commit three crimes, you end up going to a penal system. 
So helping those persons, it was rewarding, right. especially to see when how they could do work with very little resources, but they made those resources work. Right. So um, with that uh, passion that you have for uh, advocating for underrepresented people, uh, I heard you mention that one of your priorities was making sure that people don't fall through the cracks mm -hmm. when you're at HBCU. So what is that experience like here at the University of Arkansas being a predominantly white institution and uh, how did those experiences kind of shape what uh, your uh, practices to help ensure students not fall through those cracks here? You know, when I came to the university 20 years ago, I discovered that there were no rules and regulations for underrepresented students. And for this office that I now hold as Director of Diversity and Inclusion, there were no rules. And so I said, okay, so I was hired to ensure recruitment, retention, and graduation. But the only way I could ensure retention was that if I looked at students and how they were performing, and I guess that's how it all kind of jump-started for me, was how are, you, how are you performing in class? And what I did know the first year I came uh, in 1996 that, is that 50% of the minority students were losing their minority scholarship by the end of the first semester. And I said, that, that's a statistic that has to change. That's nothing to be proud of. It's nothing to talk about. So I started working with students, calling them to my office. Uh, my saying was, I'm just like my bell. I'm all over the place. Uh, I would go to students' rooms and knock on the door and kind of talk to them catch them in the hallway. In fact, I didn't sit behind my desk. I, I kind of walked the halls. Uh, I kind of got a reputation for calling people out, uh, holding them accountable. Because here's what people, here's what we don't tell young people, that going to college is a job. And when you, let's say a semester costs you $6,000. Well, when you blow a semester and get deficient grades, you've lost $6,000 on your job. Right. So it's like a paycheck. Mm -hmm. So you want to hold everybody accountable. So I'm going to hold you accountable so you can hold your faculty accountable. Right. So I started developing programs, being visible, supporting initiatives, advocating, uh, being advisors for organizations. Sometimes some things were so far-fetched, I said, okay, let's just go with it. <laughs> but what I've seen in the long run is minority students who have been hired, in high powerful jobs. I've seen them go to graduate school like yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you may switch majors, but the, the, the thing is that you continue because you begin to see the value in your education. You begin to see long-term value of what it can do for you. You begin to have that self-confidence and you begin not to fight just for yourself, but you fight for others. Right. That's a good segue into my next question. Um, what, what is the vision that you see for the Office of Diversity here at the University of Arkansas? And, uh, can you tell me a little bit about some of the steps that your office in, uh, is taking to ensure that uh, that vision comes to fruition? So my vision for the office is, first of all, I, I would like to be the best diversity office in the SEC. And then I would like to be ranked with those in the top 25 in the country. Uh, but to do that, we need staff. And so we're, we're trying to work through that. But taking minority students to experience activities and tasks that they never experienced. So those minority students who have the capability and abilities to become members of the Honors College, I push them to strive for that and hold them to that and to, and to pursue the best research that they possibly can and not to settle for mediocrity. Or if to be in a case competition is your dream, hey, let's do it. But you have to be committed to the work. Right. To start a business, if that's your dream, let's get it done. So I, I really enjoy 
seeing minority students see their dreams become true. And for some of these students, just to graduate is a dream. Yes, ma'am. And to see that dream for me, I, you know, uh, I did a I did an article a couple of weeks ago, and um, my last sentence was, I said, what do you like most about your job? And I said, I like seeing the impossible become possible for the students. Letting them know that, you know, the only thing standing in, in their way is themselves. Yes, so teaching them that, making sure they get proper advising, make sure they are exposed to everything that they can be exposed to to compete for the, for the jobs that are in the, on the market, uh, making sure that they can be ready for honors programs, making sure that they can be uh, ready to take on that impossible job or to compete in that competition or maybe just try to help them fulfill those dreams. Right. And by making them, helping them fulfill those dreams, it helps my office become the best it can be because then I have the accomplishments of the students that we can talk about. Yes, ma'am, for sure. And just instilling that confidence within those students is going to be key to help them succeed in whatever mm -hmm. area they go into. And then they become donors and ambassadors. That's the part I like. <laughs> yeah, so you have to definitely keep it uh, full circle. Um, okay, so uh, in addition to setting a high standard of accountability, uh, what other advice would you give uh, an aspiring person uh, in diversity in higher education? If a person is interested in diversity in higher education, one, don't settle for mediocrity unless you have that, that drive to, to take something to the next level. Uh, be as well-rounded as you possibly can. Don't just settle for The one thing I, I dislike is when you have minority officers who only do programming. You know, learn how to do advising, learn how to do research, do presentations. Find out what happens on the academic side and become engaged. Uh, if you, if you become well-rounded in the academy, then you can be the proper advocate for the students. So there should be no stone unturned in the academy that you don't understand as a diversity officer. Yes, ma'am, that's really important because uh, that relatability is uh, going to be key for the student mm -hmm. to build that trust and rapport with them so they can listen to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, okay, great. So where can we follow uh, you and the Office of Diversity's work? Uh, at slash diversity. Okay. Well, we definitely want to take the time to thank you for stopping by the show with us today. Um, we're really appreciative of not only uh, you stopping by today, but for everything that you've done for me and my family. Um, and uh, we're definitely excited to see you be the visionary that creates change for people like you and me. So everybody be sure to go follow Dr. Lofton uh, in the Office of Diversity uh, at the Watson College Diversity website. And uh, up next on this Blackest Lit, we're going to have today's edition of Get Out Your Feelings and our word of the day. What's good? I'm town. It's time to get out your feelings. Today we're talking about diversity at PWIs. PWI is a predominantly white institution. Uh, I went to a PWI for college. I went to the University of Arkansas, uh, Woo-Pig. Um, at a PWI, uh, diversity is kind of a taboo subject, uh, primarily because diversity is associated with blackness or black people or minority people. And so when you're talking about diversity, uh, diversity is more than just race. It encompasses race as a factor in diversity, but it, you're also talking about other factors like uh, socioeconomic background, education levels, things like different life handicaps or other challenges that can to shape uh, larger perspectives and different perspectives on life in general. Diversity is an important thing in higher education because uh, to truly learn and to truly grow, uh, one should probably be exposed to all types of uh, life perspectives and to, to really get the fullness out of a college experience, 
diversity uh, can ensure that people are around different types of ideas, different types of people, and different types of uh, life perspectives. Uh, diversity at PWIs is really important in faculty because uh, these are the people that are shaping the, the, the learning that's going on at the institution and creating the ideas and helping grow the minds of the students that are coming there. So by having diversity in the faculty and in the staff, it makes the the university and institution as a whole feel more inclusive and it also creates more opportunities for deeper and more substantive learning.